Have you ever heard of the poem, The Prophet? Well, you should have. It was published a hundred years ago. Book of poetry that became a bestseller and has continued to sell millions of copies, and it's been translated into dozens of languages. Despite all of that, its author, Khalil Gibran, isn't very well known in the English-speaking world. So why is that? And what is so significant about The Prophet? We're going to learn right now, actually. Gus Mitchell is a freelance writer and contributor for JSTOR Daily who has written about this and joins us now. Gus, thanks for being here. Thank you. Hi. Why did you write about The Prophet? I had always heard about it uh, vaguely as a sort of more of a title, really, and I would always forget who the author was. And eventually, uh, I sort of I, I came around to reading it. I knew that it was very popular, had sold millions and millions of copies, uh, and also vaguely had a kind of reputation for being something, you know, a bit uh, a bit sort of populist in the in the bad sense, you know, as in sort of basic or simple or sort of popular poetry in the in the sort of negative sense that some people might take that. Um, and I wanted to sort of see what it was like. So I, I, I read it and became very, very interested in how something that has meant so much to so many millions of people also is uh, is disparaged by, if you like, the, the literary establishment at the same time, which, which I always find interesting. And obviously today that, that continues in all sorts of realms of literature too. Why do you think the prophet, though, endures? What was it? What is it that you think people continue to find fascinating about it? I think what people, beginning in 1923 when it was published uh, in New York, um, and it was sort of a a word of mouth phenomenon, really, um, from the beginning. Uh, I think what they found in it in the beginning was something that spoke to the time where, you know, traditional religion, organized religion, uh, Christianity, obviously, in, in, in the United States, primarily was sort of beginning to sort of loosen its social bonds a little bit and its, its hold over people's, it, people's lives. That was sort of beginning in, in the 20th century. And I think people were hungry for something a bit more uh, that spoke to them directly and as individuals and maybe maybe made a less specific kind of demand on them, but that still spoke to that hunger for something that felt deep and eternal and moral and uh, that gave you some sort of guidance or that sort of showed a kind of inner light to you as to how you should live your life. Um, and I think that's kind of continued. I mean, it became more and more popular Throughout the 1930s, it was a uh, armed services poetry book in World War II. It was distributed to soldiers. Um, and it's sort of written in all of these aphorisms and in, in these, basically these parables, uh, which is, uh, so the form of the book is that there's this prophet who's introduced called Al-Mustafa, who is uh, leaving this island, which is not his homeland. He's going back to his homeland and, and the people ask him to share his wisdom. And, and it's written in the forms of, these little sayings which is very digestible so it was very you know you could pick it up and read just one or two and really get a sense of hit of something if you like a sense of oh an interesting insight or a paradox it's very paradoxically written so Gibran is always saying that you know to be uh, to, to be happily married you must cultivate a kind of distance between each other and allow 
separation and, and allow your own space, we would say now. And that, you know, uh, that if, um, that, that love is also, you know, by its nature hard as well as, you know, blissful. And so he's always saying that things are also contain their opposite. Um, and so when I read that, that, that was partly what, what I, I actually did find did ring true. And I think rings true in, in all sorts of spiritual traditions. Um, it's kind of what he was drawing on. So he was born a Maronite Christian in Lebanon in 1883. And so he absorbed, you know, Islam and including, you know, mystical side of Islam, Sufism, as well as Christianity being influenced by the King James Bible. And uh, <clears throat> when, when the sort of 1960s got going and people were, you know, really sort of dropping out of all sorts of uh, traditional ways of thinking and believing, including, you know, uh, again, just talking about uh, the U.S., where it really became very, very popular, uh, you know, Protestant Christianity, wasps, you know, dropping out and, and uh, taking acid and trying all sorts of, you know, new sorts of uh, Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, all that sort of stuff that leads into the new age. Uh, what we think of the new age is, as has descended today as, as a kind of, you know, melange of different spiritualities. And we sort of pick and choose guided by the inner self and, and our, our sense of what's right for us. That's kind of what a lot of contemporary spirituality in, in different forms is. Um, and I, I think that's, it, it presaged a lot of that. Right. Book. It's interesting, though, that you, this book is so, there's so many copies out there. It's so well known, as you say, it has such a place in the last 100 years. And yet we don't really know a whole lot about the author, do we? Like, how, how well known is he in the English-speaking world? Yeah, well, everyone my age that I, um, that I, asked, I asked about him, and, uh, you know, I'm under 30, and everyone I asked uh, had never heard of him or vaguely knew you know, had vaguely heard of the book, but didn't know anything about him. And I think, I think that's kind of always been the case. Um, by, I think, I think from what I, I've gathered, you know, people will take the book in a way like, like he probably intended, like a, like a, a sort of book written by a, a you know, a, a prophet of old, a sort of someone who we've, whose name we've forgotten, like the people who wrote the Bible or, you know, all sorts of other sacred scriptures. The, there's, there's, the, the importance, I think, for him was to try and communicate his message almost as though it could have been written by anyone. And I think that was probably part of his goal was to, to try and spread what he wanted to say as widely as possible, disseminate it among different kinds of people. And therefore, the identity of the author, which is actually very specific, you know, he, he comes out of Lebanon, of, of, of the Arab world and the Ottoman Empire at the time, of Christianity, of uh, of as a, you know moved to the United States as an immigrant um, and you know uh, had had a very sort of um, I suppose you'd say you know a very split background and, and a lot of um, a lot of different influences went into his work and and he was he was I think always marking himself and perceiving himself as sort of an other an outsider speaking mm -hmm. to a society that that didn't really, uh, I think at the time, definitely didn't know what to do, do with him. And in, in a sense, probably still doesn't because I think he was, uh, he, he was very much um, trying to synthesize different things. You know, he was influenced by modern art, but also by, you know, ancient religions and diverse religions. And 
uh, I think it's almost more, it's all more immediately tempting maybe to readers. He was so good at doing this, this kind of, you know, invisible voice in a sense by synthesizing a lot of the book is, is sort of synthesizing the language of the King James Bible with maybe some more modern poetry like Whitman and, and things like that. Um, and the rhythms of it are very much hmm. sort of Whitman and the Bible. And I think, he, uh, yeah, it, it, and Whitman also obviously has this sort of universal I voice that he right. sort of tries to disappear behind. And so that's kind of what he was doing, I think, as well. I think you've certainly so intentional in a sense. You've certainly piqued a lot of interest in this today. I have a feeling some of us are going to have to go look this up and learn more about it. But Gus, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thank you. That's Gus Mitchell. Gus is a freelance writer and contributor for JSTOR Daily, where he's been writing about the poem The Prophet. came out 100 years ago. There's something like 100 million copies of it in print, and yet The Prophet and the author, Khalil Gibran, not as well-known in the English-speaking world as elsewhere, so certainly worth learning about.